ladies and gentlemen. I went and had a weekend of, wait for it, socialising. <gasps> oh my god, Charlie went and socialised. Wow, what's the world coming to? I know, right? In the words of Public Enemies, Chuck D, bring the noise. Fulfilling Podcast Network. I am Charlie Taylor, and this is what's good. So, what is good, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen? Hope everybody's had a good week. Uh, I've had a, I've had a, you know, quite a bit of a week. It's been, it's been a, you know, it's, I did, I did socialize. I was not lying. I did socialize. I know it's, it's crazy. Um, so, I'm basically gonna just talk about my week right quick, just because a lot happened, and I just thought I'd shout some some people out. So, um, so it all started when well, last episode dropped on Thursday, uh, later later in that day, went to uh, South London, went to Tooting, to the Tooting Tram Social, um, and uh, went to help a, a little event called Blank Space Live. Um, shout out to my boy Deacon, who I interviewed for my site, fifthelement.org.uk. Um, a few, well, at least over a year ago now. I forget when, but yeah, uh, he's he's hosting. He hosts a live music event in Tutin, where he's where he resides and has grown up. And uh, yeah, and he's hosting been hosting this event for the past I think six months since the start of the year, and uh, it's been going on once once a month. And I thought fine, I thought I'd finally make the trek to Tutin for once, and uh, you know support the boy. And, uh, yeah, so it was a new location, apparently, because um, <laughs> I didn't go to the first one. And, yeah, it was a, it was a very... I actually really enjoyed the night. I really did generally enjoy the night. Um, there were a lot of... Uh, the performances were very eclectic. None of them were the same. And that's kind of how it should be, really, you know? When you go to a... Especially when you go to a live music night and you don't really know... And it's the first time I went, obviously, and, you know, I didn't really know to ex- what to expect. So... With that said, I I guess my expectations were were, were fulfilled because it was a very it was a very fun night. I felt the crowd was uh, you know as part of the audience it felt very warm, it felt very inviting, and uh, yeah, man, it was it was really it was really good experience. And uh, uh, it's a nice it's nice going to a different part of London that I haven't been to yet. So uh, shout out to Tune and shout out to Deacon, uh, still doing his things and uh, big up yourself for. Creating a good, creating a good event because I think you know it's it's it, it kind of um, I think the ability to host and to and to actually create an event is kind of underrated as a as a skill I guess and uh, the ability to you know curate an event and to get people on and to put people on to find people to discover people and have them all come through in one night and perform you know that can that can be a challenge you know it's, uh, and it's it's, it's good it's, it was good and uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it so if you if you guys ever want a live music night and you just have, happen to be in south london go to blank space live hit that hit that thing up and uh, you will you shall not be disappointed but the drinks however uh, being london mad expensive just <laughs> Just thought I'd uh, just thought I'd uh, throw that out there. Um, uh, what happened? What happened the next day? So uh, 
Friday, right? Friday. What did I do Friday? So Friday I went to Brixton instead, another part of South London, just a little bit, just a little bit above, uh, not as deep into South London, uh, more more South Central, I guess. Uh, yeah, I went to Brixton, Brixton Jam. Shout out to my friend Caroline who invited me to uh, this. Uh, 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 I forgot what it was called, KB and Friends, and uh, it's kind of like a. Uh, just some, just some artists as part of a label, and an, also an open mic as well performing, and yeah, it was a, it was a very, it was a very, again, very inviting vibe, very, um, a very enjoyable vibe, and a lot of uh, great artists there, and uh, I brought my boy Dave with me. Uh, he enjoyed it. We uh, chopped it up over some jerk chicken that was a, uh, that was in the, that was a uh, in the uh, outside. Uh, I don't want to do a jerk chicken review, but <laughs> it was good. <laughs> It was very tangy. Um, no, it was, it, was, it was good. The food is good, and yeah, man, I, I really enjoy Brixton. Every time I go to Brixton, I've been there a few times, uh, so it's always been a it's always it's always been a yeah, great experience wherever I go. And uh, yeah, man, shout out to Brixton, shout out to shout out to my, shout out to Caroline, and uh, shout out to the gang. So uh, yeah, that was a that was a great event, and uh, thoroughly enjoyed it with my boy. Uh, so what happened Saturday? Saturday. So Saturday was uh, oh yeah, so. I was trying to, so this is a kind of a faux pas on my on my part, because what I was planning to do was uh, I had two events going on. Well, not yeah, two events. I guess we don't really want to call it gatherings. I guess whatever, whatever you want to slice it. So I had two things that I could go to, and I decided to do the uh, what's the word. To try and please everybody, I guess, and to try and go to both events in the same night, uh, and it didn't work out that way. Unfortunately, I went to I went to one, and there was a, a dude's house, a friend's house, and uh, yeah, we were, we were you know doing our things, <laughs> doing our things, and uh, whatever those things, whatever those things are, you you you, you won't know, and uh, yeah, so we we're enjoying ourselves there, and you know I was planning to head out. Later on, obviously, go to the second place, and uh, I did eventually. But by the time that happened, by the time I got there, uh, about half the squad was gone. So I just uh, I felt a bit I felt a bit uh, bad, and uh, you know. But that's just that's just how it goes. Sometimes sometimes you try and kill two birds with one stone, and sometimes it just doesn't really work. And uh, I guess um, in hindsight, I should have gone to the event I went to second first, and then gone to the first one second if that makes any sense uh in hindsight i should have done that but uh that's just that's just how it goes but um but i think uh everyone and also everyone had different agendas on the night you know how that is guys you know how that is, isn't it when you you know when you go with the squad and everyone has different agendas you know and it's, it's just, it can sometimes clash so that's just how it goes sometimes but anyway but yeah man it was a, it was a good it was a good long weekend um sunday since it's the lord's day i did chill <laughs> Lord's Day, like I actually a piece, uh, uh, like I actually applied to that. Um, yeah, so you know, I just, uh, I just chilled the Sunday, and uh, yeah, and I, and I have finally, finally finished watching Dear White People. Uh, still best show on Netflix, in my opinion, at the moment, uh, and I highly recommend it for everybody to watch. Uh, might do a review on it if uh, Wix, if if Wix doesn't fuck me over like last night. I was, I was trying to write, uh, write up last night, and then saved it to draft, and then it just went, nah, sorry. And then it just didn't save it. 
didn't go back to the blog or anything. Didn't go back to the post. Just 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 went back to the main menu of sorts and just you know like it like I never typed for half an hour just then, like I didn't just whack out about five hundred words right there. No, it's cool. It's cool. So I did retire from writing last night, uh, but now I'm back in the game. <laughs> you know, and you just have them small retirements. Yeah, you just got to get in it. But anyway, let's get on with the show. We have uh, two film and TV segments, uh, one sports and one life. And yeah, so hope, hopefully you guys are going to enjoy this one. I uh, hope, hope you guys enjoyed my recap of the week, which I, you know, a week where I actually did something. <laughs> and yeah, uh, so let's get into the show. Uh, Four Mancies before we begin. Uh, email, Facebook, Twitter is all there in the description below. If you want to hit me up in any fashion, be sure to do so. Thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting the gang. Another podcast number three under the Fifth Phone Podcast Network umbrella is currently in the works. Just wanted to shout that out right there. I'm not going to tell you what it is yet until we get some more, uh, until we uh, get some, uh, get some beta shows off our, off our, off our chest. And uh, once we do that, then we'll get into it and I'll start promoting it properly. But yes, a third show is in the works, ladies and gentlemen. But anyway, let's get on with this show in particular. <laughs> Uh, let's uh, beat drop. Let's get into it. In a week where Boris Johnson and the EU butt heads again, see, this is this is a thing where wheels are spinning but they're not spinning at the same time. You know, the news will definitely cover this stuff, and hopefully you guys ain't like, the number one news authority for you, for you guys, which, you know, if you listen to the podcast, you know that's not the point of this podcast. Um, so, you know, things are happening, but also not happening at the same time, not to the point where I feel like I want to talk about it. So, uh, you know, it's, things are always going down, but... They're just that nothing's working there. Nothing's working there, you know. It, like like the past three years, basically, the past three years is still exactly the same. Doesn't really matter what prime minister you put in there, it's still going to be stupid. So you know that's just how it is. Lil Nas X's Old Town Road is number one streak is over. It's gone. It's done. It's done. No, not happening again. Uh, I think it was replaced by like some Billie Eilish song, and yeah, that's 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 over. And a genuine question I've been wondering, I've been wanting to ask, and I've asked a couple of people this, and I've done it fast on the podcast, but who's listening to the remixes? Like, I get it if you're listening to the Billy Ray Cyrus remix, you know, but anything past that, why are you listening to it? Unless you're like a fan of uh, that dude from BTS or uh, Diplo, like, unless you're a fan of them, why are you listening to them? And, ugh, I, I don't know, it's just... There's just too many remixes. Like, honestly, I prefer the original. I prefer the original. No Billy Ray Cyrus, no nothing. I prefer the original. Big old Lil Nas X, just the original, please. Anyway, uh, Home Secretary Preeti Patel plans to end freedom of movement completely on October 31st. See, this is this is the thing. This is funny. This is the fu- this is what the funny thing about all of this uh, leaving the EU stuff is, right? It's is. <laughs> I figured it out, guys. I figured it out. So. They 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 make all these um they make all these defiant chest puffy propose uh, the not proposals but uh, these declarations you know no freedom of movement once we leave all you guys are locked out no no just us you know so all, all this um all this defiant chest puffing right but it, it's just we're just simply just 
shutting ourselves down, basically. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't really make sense. And also, who would want to come here? <laughs> who would want to come here after October 31st, you know? It's like shooting ourselves in the, it's like shooting ourselves in the face, right? And going, nah, none of you lot can date me. Nah, none of you lot can date me, mate. None of you. Don't, you, you you're lying worthy to date me. But you just shot yourself in the face. Why would we want to date you? That's basically what's happened right there. It's great. It's, it's amazing. The the delusions is ah oh, glorious. It tastes so good. Anyway, I'll, I'll be saying that, and then once uh, the UK goes into economic Armageddon, then I'll be thinking different, wouldn't I? They'll be talking about this on the podcast, wouldn't they? Anyway, uh, Keanu Reeves is set to return for the Matrix Four. Uh, I'm hype. I don't. I don't f- fuck you lot. To be honest, if you don't, if you don't, if you're not on board. Uh, I'm a I'm a Matrix, um, not diehard fan, and I haven't I haven't like watched the Animatrix or anything like that. I know I know you know I, I just enjoy the films to be honest. I enjoy all three, not equally obviously. It, it goes it goes lesser in preference as it goes, <laughs> as it goes. Um, that uh, the, uh what's her what's her name dying? Um, Trinity death scene is the longest scene in film, uh, uh next to the entire film Castaway. It's just too long. It's just too long, and yeah. But obviously, there are many, 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 many uh, things that are bad. That can be bad. There can be told, uh, criticism you can give to them, uh, to the Matrix films. But I'm happy. I'm happy it's coming back. And also, Carrie Ann Moss is uh, slated to come through, which doesn't make sense because she's dead. But anyway, and uh, just, just, just to say, the rain, Amazon rainforest is literally on fire. Literally on fire. Um, I saw a video yesterday where someone was taking a video of Sao Paulo and basically just looked up to the sky and it was great. It was literally great from fire. Like it, the whole the whole city, the whole city. Like he did a proper panoramic and it was all covered by ash. Like well just um you know fire smoke basically. That's how much they're lit- they're literally putting the rainforest on fire. Do you understand how fucking mad that is? Absolutely crazy. But um it's just to the point where I don't feel like I can talk about it uh, at length. I just wanted to state it just because it was. Uh, it is. Uh, it is worrying. It is. Well. It's that past point of worrying, but I think I've talked about that any, uh, already before. So, uh, but let's get into the show, and uh, I will start with. Well, you know what? Let's start with the most hype. <laughs> the most hype. Uh, <laughs> Uh, topic of the week that has come out of nowhere, literally came out of nowhere, I think it came late last night for me anyway, uh, Spider-Man is gone from the MCU, gone, gone, No, uh, Sony and Marvel, uh, they couldn't figure out a deal, and now Spider-Man has just taken back, taken it, uh, Spider-Man has just been taken back by Sony, and that's it, that's it, Sony has it, they have all the rights, and they couldn't figure out a deal obviously, so... It's just it's just how it is, and uh, yeah, no more no more Spider-Man in the MCU. So I wanted to get into that, and uh, what I'm going to read here is uh, by Gray McMillan. This is via the Hollywood Reporter. Uh, how will Marvel Universe move on without Spider-Man? And it's a genuine question. I actually, I actually uh, posted on Facebook yet, uh, yesterday. Uh, uh, Speak for you, lot. I get. I know there's a lot of you that's going to be crying crying to sleep tonight. Uh, shout out to someone who's, who may may have likely uh, cried, to, cried to sleep. <laughs> so let's get to the article. Uh, Sony has complete control of Peter Parker again, which makes a Venom crossover much more likely in the future. Just stop there. D- do we care? Do do we? Do we? You know, Venom was a bit boo-boo, wasn't it? Not 
from from how you guys talked about it, it was a bit doo doo. Um, so yeah, that's I don't know, don't know if that's a if that's a yay you know a, a, a statement right there. But anyway, how do you solve a problem like Peter Parker? News broke uh, Tuesday that Sony and Marvel Studios have split and will no longer work on future Spider-Man films together. Sony and Marvel's falling out doesn't just mean that Kevin Feige won't get a producer credit on any future Spider-Man movies. It also certainly means that Tom Holland's version of the Wallcrawler is going to be absent from the Marvel Cinematic Universe effective immediately. Despite both studios having spent the last three years ensuring that Spider-Man is a central part of what audience think when they think Marvel. Ultimately, well, just stop there. You know, Spider-Man is probably the most ubiquitous character in Marvel. You know, when you think, when you say Marvel, you think Spider-Man. That's probably like the first character you think of, right? Pro- right? Yeah, probably. You know, it's probably it's it's the it's the it's the most ubiquitous, right? So spending three years making it a central part really doesn't, you know, it's, it's kind of like you've you you you've achieved that regardless. <laughs> it's been that that ubiquity has been achieved. So, uh, uh but. Anyway, peak for Tom Holland, by the way. Just peak for Tom Holland. Just imagine that you just you just don't have a job that you could have had for life. Basically, it's just gone, gone, finito. Anyway, uh, ultimately, this is far more of a problem for Marvel than it is for Sony. For all the for all that, the latter might lose the cachet of having an MCU cameo or two in future Spider-Man movies, or more importantly, the certainty of the Marvel Studios' creative touch. It would be easy enough for Sony's future Spider-Man movies to just never mention the Avengers anymore, or to refer to characters and events indirectly to keep IP lawyers from getting too jittery. Additionally, bringing Spider-Man back to a prospective Sony-verse means that the possibility of his meeting uh, Tom Hardy's Venom or Jared Leto's Morbius currently in production has just significantly increased, much to the delight of internet meme makers everywhere. Morbius? Huh? Nah, thanks. I'm cool. Jared Leto? Nah, cool. I'm um, thanks. Thank you very much. I am. I am content. <sighs> Not having that. Uh, for those, for those nervous that losing Marvel from the Spidey movie-making decision process. Not the most re- unreasonable response, considering the confused state of Sony's Spider Spider Slate before the Marvel partnership was announced in early 2015. Let's remember that Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse writer producers Phil Lord and Chris Miller are already developing a new Spider-Man idea, uh, new Spider-Man ideas for Sony's, albeit the TV side. How difficult would it be to get them to start thinking of more big-screen ideas too? For Marvel, however, there's a bit more of a problem. Since his introduction in 2016's Captain America Civil War, Spider-Man has been an increasingly integral part of the MCU. Outside of his two solo movies since then, he was also one of the most visible characters in Infinity War, and his death in that movie proved to be one of the primary motivators for Tony Stark's actions in Avengers Endgame the following year. The most recent solo, Spider-Man Far From Home, not only was responsible for introducing the new status quo of the MCU, but it also seemed to tease the next big multi-movie storyline for Marvel Studios. Spider-Man, it was clear, was very important in italics, so you know it's important, to the MCU. And now, he won't be there. Uh, on the un- on the one hand, this won't be an immediate problem for Marvel. Note that there was no Spider-Man movie announced as part of Marvel's Phase 4 at San Diego Comic-Con last month. But on the other, how exactly is Marvel going to dance around the fact that it can no longer feature the character who, in the very last Marvel movie release, 
was the face of the MCU superheroes. It could, of course, not simply not mention him and hope that everyone in the audience understands why, but that seems like a somewhat risky move given the vocal demands of the fanbase. There's a potential for some comic, cosmic switcheroo storyline that literally replaces Spider-Man with characters from the Fantastic Four or the X-Men franchises, which would arguably give those introductions additional narrative weight and could explain why no one has heard of those characters to this point. Uh, perhaps this is too premature. In 2012, as the Avengers were hitting up, uh, hitting the big screen, it seemed unthinkable that Spider-Man would be joining them in a Civil War movie four years later. Perhaps Sony and Marvel will make peace and craft a deal to maintain the integrity of the MCU, such as it is. But if not, don't be too surprised if the fifth Avengers movie opens with Doctor Strange looking at an indistinct corpse in a mortuary and commenting that yes, it's Peter, and it's such a shame that the accident left him utterly unrecognisable and he'll be an inspiration to everyone moving forward is what he would have wanted. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's the most predictable. <laughs> that's, the, uh, that's the two and a half men way of going about things. D- did you... I don't know if you guys watched Two and a Half Men back in the day when uh, it was Charlie Sheen being absolute G, and I and I still have that show, that era anyway, the Charlie Sheen era of Two and a Half Men, because we, we, we don't talk about the Aston Kutcher uh, era, nobody talks about that, we only talk about the Charlie Sheen era. I, I, do you guys remember when obviously that happened, and then Charlie Sheen obviously as an act, as a person went on a bender, you know, winning Tiger Blood and all that, and all that interview, and, and uh, they basically kicked him off Two and a Half Men, and the episode after... Apparently he just died. <laughs> Rose pushed him into a tra- into a train, which is just it's it's just it's just such a cop out. It's it's great. It's this is such a creative quandary that it's very hard not to because obviously everyone knows what's happening. You know, it's he they couldn't get the actor to do the the, the well they stopped giving the actor the job. You know, they fired him basic fundamentally. So you know they have to do something, but. Honestly, when it comes to that kind of thing, I personally, if I had the, if I was like Chuck Lorre, I would just kill it. I would just kill it off. Just, just end the show. To be completely honest, like if the star ain't there, then what's the point? There is no point. There's never any point. Name a show, right? Name a show or a film where they cut off they cut off the uh they cut off the main character well, I'll just stick it to TV shows actually because films obviously have the million reboots that, that, that try and work and they don't so it's kind of different but let's stick to TV shows right name a show where the main the lead actor or actress and uh is 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 gone from from the show itself just gone left it doesn't matter if if it, if it was planned or not just kill it off. Just kill off the show. Would you kill it? Would, name a show that's done that and and succeeded past the lifespan of the main character. It, it doesn't. The Office didn't work. Uh, you know, Two and a Half Men didn't work. Fresh Prince, in a way, obviously. Uh, you know, changing Vivian was a bit awkward, and uh, changing from Janet Hubert to uh, I, f- I, f- I forget the woman's name to be completely real with you. But yeah, it just eh. You know, obviously they made a quick, they made a couple of jokes about it in one episode. I think the returning episode probably. But yeah, even with that, it just kind of just left a, hmm, it just left a, it just left a, hmm, you know, look to it. You know, when you're just watching, you're like, it's just weird, it's just weird. But imagine if it was Will Smith. 
just got you'd have to kill it you'd have to kill off the show what's the point he's a fresh Brit you know what I mean so when you have a character so ubiquitous such as a Spider-Man and that's what I was getting to by the way just a major tangent by the way just the hopefully hopefully you guys kept up with me for that didn't warn you but um yeah when you have a character so ubiquitous like Spider-Man and clearly they had plans to put him in you know, future projects, clearly. Obviously, they didn't make the announcements because they were probably spending all this time trying to figure out a deal, obviously. That's why they didn't put him in Phase 4. That's probably why they... Uh, it was probably why they hyped up, uh, you know, they did the te- Blade teaser, so they have something different, you know? It's... it's uh, Marvel Studios has become... Is, is becoming a real sustainable machine to, uh, to, to a point that we haven't really seen before. You know, other than maybe Hollywood as, as an institution, but Marvel Studios is becoming a bit of an institution, a bit of an unstoppable force that will constantly just keep. You know, they have, they have the, they have the uh, back catalogue. They have all the comics. They can do anything. They can do this for the next hundred years if they wanted to, and still have stories left over. Now it's possible. It really is possible. So, but when it comes to obviously this particular deal. They couldn't find anything for it, and this is Marvel's problem. Sony doesn't have Sony can Sony was just like ah deuces, throw up the peace sign because they can still do their things. They can still use Spider-Man to however they want to. They're gonna use it. They're gonna do it wrong, <laughs> most likely because they have done for majority since Spider-Man Two, but you know uh, Tobey Maguire Spider-Man Two just just stay in a stay in effect. After that, it just you know come on hasn't, hasn't been. It hasn't been there, but yeah, you know, when it came to just um just just a one more point, right? Just think about how people, how hyped people were about Civil War, just the hype on that, just about Spider Man in general. Just just cast your minds back to for, to all them years ago when Civil War dropped and the trailers dropped. People were talking about Spider Man because they knew he was coming, and they knew it was Tom Holland. And it was it was a boss move, as it turned out. It was a boss move, you know. And now we ain't got that anymore. And you know, I was talking to my boy Dave. Or we've we've talked about it several times. How the future of the universe is going to be, you know. What's the next Avengers is going to be like? Who's going to be the leader? You know, it's probably going to be either like Doctor Strange or maybe Black Panther. You know, one of those two. I think personally. And then there's obviously going to be Spider Man in in as like the. I guess the spiritual talisman, uh, in a way, similar to like a, uh, well, if if we think about Iron Man, it's like Black Panther, and then uh, uh, Doctor Strange, like uh, uh, Captain America, or the other way, actually, sorry, completely the other way, do like that, if, if we're keeping that template, and then here comes Spider-Man as, I don't know, maybe, maybe like the Thor guy, in, in, in the three, in the top three, maybe, I don't know, is, but, we can't figure it out now because there ain't no deal. So uh, you know, I raise a glass and I, well, I was I have so I was actually going to pour one out because I do have a can of iron brew and I was literally about to pour one out onto my desk. I'm an idiot, but I didn't I didn't do it. So hypothetically, raise your glass, pour one out <laughs> to Tom Holland and uh, and to the MCU Spider Man. You were great. And just, just Sony, don't fuck it up. Just come on, you have a gold mine. Don't fuck it up.
move on to the next topic, which is life. And I wanted to talk about Jeffrey Epstein. Why am I, why am I sound so excited about that? I'm going to talk about Jeffrey Epstein. No, I want to talk about Jeffrey Epstein. Because <laughs> I did mention, uh, uh, obviously, he died uh, last week. Uh, well, under, un- well, suicide, allegedly, quote-unquote. And, uh, yeah, so that's been going on. It's been an evolving story. And I thought I'd get into it simply because uh, I just wanted to know more. And I wanted to learn about it. And what better place to learn about it than on a podcast where I don't know nothing. Uh, so, yeah, this is by Aussie. Uh Basically, just they they do amazing uh, ways of uh, just like giving you giving you news. Uh, you should you should hit them up. Ozy put pretty simply ozy.com. and uh, yeah, they do they do great uh, pieces of just just you know little nuggets of just information that you that you might need to know. Uh, this is actually under the uh, subcategory need to know. So uh, yeah, I thought I thought I'd get into this. So this is a special briefing. What well, they call it has justice died with Jeffrey Epstein. So hopefully this gives a gives us all more a little bit of a a, a well-rounded view of a, a broader view of what's going on here when it as it pertains to Jeffrey Epstein. So let's get into it. Uh, what to know? What's happening? While medical examiners have performed an autopsy on disgraced financier Jeffrey Epstein, who's believed to have hung himself Saturday, they have yet to release any details about his death. Guards at the Manhattan detention facility tasked with watching Epstein who'd been charged with sexually abusing and trafficking underage girls, were reportedly reportedly working long overtime hours, and it's still unclear why Metropolitan Correctional Centre authorities removed the inmate from suicide watch. Meanwhile, federal investigators continued to probe the opaque nature and source uh, of Epstein's wealth, and his victims are asking whether justice has has died with the 66-year-old. So just via that, there's a lot of information there. So obviously, the what what the original the initial reports were that he died via suicide. Uh, obviously, he was uh, he had a trial coming up uh, to deal with count uh, counts of uh, sex trafficking, sexually abusing underage girls. Uh, it's chronic. There are a lot of people connected to him, including Prince Andrew, and uh, yeah, there's just there's just a lot to that. And obviously, there's the point of his death, which is also just suspect, super suspect. Like, why were why were guys at the central facility working long overtime hours? Why? Why? Well, we know why. Trying to keep it around the clock. So, if that's the case, why don't you have more people on it? Yeah, you know I mean, just just have more people on it. Just uh, on a, I don't know. Obviously, I don't know about um, you know how the rotor works in that particular detention facility, but. Why did you remove him from Suicide Watch? You know, just it, it just there's a lot of questions here. There's a lot of questions to hear, and we get into that more. Asking why does it matter? So, even before his death, critics cried foul over how the U.S. criminal justice system had allowed such a serious perpetrator to avoid avoid meaningful prosecution until now. Those complaints have only become amplified after his apparent suicide, following a reported suicide attempt in July. So he's tried it. He's tried it before. He's tried this before, and obviously failed that point. So if, there's even more questions. Why was he off suicide watch? Why was he taken off it? If he tried it last month, it's the 21st of August as I record this. So you know. Yeah, it's it's not that long ago. It's not like he tried committing suicide two years ago. 
you know, you can give you can give some sort of uh, I don't know uh, what's the word um, uh, reprieve on the fact that you know it's been two years. Statue of Limitations. He probably not a super, doesn't need to be on Suicide Watch, but it was literally a month ago. He has to be on Suicide Watch if he tried it a month ago. You know, so there's a, just a lot, just a lot. Anyway, so uh, those complaints have only become amplified of his parents' suicide from reports of suicide attempt to dry. Author- authorities eager to prove their still effective hope to finish connecting the dots that tied Epstein's illicit empire together as well as to ensure his victims are properly compensated. So... They've also uh, give a give several pieces of uh, how to think about this, and they've also have a, a great piece uh, down down below on what to read. So other pieces of uh, writing that you could uh, get into if you really want to, and I'll throw those out and I'll throw that out last. Uh, so how to think about it? So number one, money matters. Always about the money. If it's if there's money in this conversation, then it's definitely a part of it. Always a part of it. So let's get into it. Questions remain about how Epstein amassed his wealth. He recently listed assets, uh, listed assets worth $559 million, though without independent verification, and about his connections in the world of finance. For instance, both J.P. Morgan Chase and Deutsche Bank, Deutsche, Deutsche, am I saying that right? Deutsche Bank? I, I, I don't know. I don't know, Deutsche, <laughs> uh, reportedly uh, kept servicing Epstein's fortune, even after internal warnings that legal trouble could result. Among those who did sever ties with Epstein after his first charge of sexual misconduct in 2006. So this is a long, long thing right here. 2006. Anyway, was Lex, uh, Leslie Wexner, CEO of Victoria's Secret parent company L Brands, and whose money Epstein's man, Epstein managed for years. While Wexner claims the financier stole quote-unquote vast sums of cash, he never pressed charges, but in 2011, $56 million from an Epstein-linked trust showed up in the account of Wechner's char- charitable fund, according to the New York Times. So far, the 81-year-old hasn't asked any questions about it. Back in 2002, one insider called their ties a quote-unquote weird relationship, adding that it was strange Wechner entrusted such a low-profile money manager with so much cash. So the second, pe- second way to think about it is suspicious socialite. Fresh attention has also fallen on British socialite. What, what what name is that? What name is that? Ghislaine? G-H-I-S-L-A-I-N-E. Ghislaine? 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 I don't know. It's, oh, wow, that's a mad name. Anyway, uh, Ghislaine Maxwell, who's uh, who's been described ver- variously as Epstein's assistant, lover and friend. Whatever their relationship, the Oxford-educated Maxwell, 57, is believed to have played a leading part in his criminal exploits, excuse the plane. Just hours before his death, her name cropped up in newly newly released court documents suggesting she'd help coordinate his sex trafficking operation. Quote-unquote, we can train you. She's She's alleged to have told a minor she recruited. We can get you educated. But Maxwell also appears elusive. Her whereabouts are currently unknown? What the f- what? what? What is this? What is this? How you do not know where she is? How is she a socialite and you don't know where she is? Isn't that the point of being a socialite? Everyone knows where you're at? Fuck, wow, this is mad. This is this is so weird. This is very creepy. So I've, there's two more here. Uh, another one is legal means. Epstein's death 
comp- complicates the restitution process in the federal case against him because it makes the criminal forfeiture of his assets technically impossible, experts say. A civil forfeiture case might still be possible, and indeed it has been done before. The Department of Justice did the same in 07 after his grace Enron CEO Kenneth Late died. Meanwhile, at least some of his accusers, distraught as they may be over the lack of justice, are pushing forward with legal cases against Epstein's estate, which includes a $77 New York City mansion and an island in the Caribbean. While the fact that he's dead could, in- could prove to be an obstacle for uh, because he's not around to defend himself, that hasn't dampened the survivor's drive. We're just getting started, said the attorney, for several of them. And then the last one here is called Grassy Knoll. Uh, K-N-O-L-L, Knoll. Uh, there, are, there are also multiple investigations into what exactly happened to Epstein, with Attorney General William Barr on Monday saying he, wa- he was, quote, appalled and frankly angry at the, jail lap- at the jail's lapses. Given the powerful men who Epstein, whom Epstein was tied to, from President Donald Trump to former President Bill Clinton, his death let loose a flood of conspiracy theories on the internet. Trump himself fanned the flames by retweeting an unfounded theory connecting Clinton to Epstein's death. Of course he did. New York City's top medical examiner, Barbara Sampson, is waiting further information after conducting an autopsy. Forensic pathologist Michael Baden who often investigates high-profile deaths, witnessed Samson's autopsy and is conducting an inquiry on his own behalf on Epstein's representatives. So there's a, there's several pieces here that they recommend, which is great. Uh, uh, Epstein's death is an amazing failure by his jailers, uh, by Robert A. Bianchi of Fox News, and also a piece in The Atlantic by Lindsay M. Haynes. So if you want to go read those, go look those up. Um, yeah, so this whole thing is just weird upon weird upon weird, like... I can understand why there have been so many conspiracy theories, and I guess you guys can understand it too if you watch all these mafia shows and <laughs> all these you know conspiracy films and Illuminati documentaries and all these bollocks, you know. And funny enough, when I was watching uh, Volume Three of DIY People, that was this this was kind of just not not you know not for apples to apples, but um, spoiler alert if you haven't seen Volume Three. Uh, part of the main story is about this uh, about this professor, uh, played by Blair Underwood, amazing role, uh, amazing performance. Uh, it become uh, later in the season or volume, he is uh, accused of being a sexual hara- well, sexual abuser and just you know using his power as a professor to uh, get the uh, get the you know uh, young women uh, from who, who are obviously of age, but it's obviously just more about sexual. Uh, manipulation, uh, you know, the student-professor relationship. Obviously, this is much, 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 much more different because there are underage women here, underage girls. You know, this is obviously way different, but I do find it. I did find it fascinating watching that and then, you know, reading about this. It's just, it's, it's just. Obviously, there are levels to this, but um, yeah, it's just, I just, it's just an observation I clocks. But yeah, I can really understand why there's been so many conspiracy theories bandied about to the point where the fucking president retweeted one of them, and obviously it had to be linked to Bill Clinton, which is funny because he's also linked to Jeffrey Epstein, which is just weird. But yeah, this whole thing is ju- just stinks. It it really just stinks. For one thing, uh, one observation I've gathered from this right is. Death really isn't enough for people. I like how, as a, uh, not as a society, but as a, um, as people, I guess, we value people being alive 
and suffering than just straight up dying. I do I do find that interesting. So uh, that could be commentary on religion, I guess, and how you know because obviously most religions have a heaven and hell or some variant of it. And clearly, these guys don't. When it comes down to it, these uh, people don't really believe in that. Clearly, because we see his death as a cop out, which is kind of fascinating to me. Just as a, just as an aside, but uh, yeah, I do understand. You know, if you are if you have been uh, one of the people going for him here, and you were one of the girls that were uh, abused and trafficked you'd feel hard done by it because this dude just allegedly killed himself and that's it. That's, that's that's kind of it now in a way that you can't see his face when he gets that jail sentence or whatever he, whatever he could have gotten as a, uh, as a repercussion. You can't see that. You can't testify to his face how you feel. That must be just so deflating really deflating and uh you know it's uh it's very unfortunate for them and uh you know uh, but this whole thing is just weird upon weird and this is clearly isn't over because there are a lot of there are a lot of loose ends here uh, just just his death and also his overall just uh profession you know all the money uh, all the money that he's managed just stinks clearly, and yeah, man, this is just this is just going to continue going on, especially in America. I can see this going on for at least another couple of months, uh, maybe to the end of the year. Um, so this is a a continually evolving story. But I thought I should talk about it just as a blanket thing, and uh, but yeah, maybe at some point we will visit it and uh, once. Uh, once new, once more news comes out as to a how he died and to who's linked to his dirty money, and also obviously the crimes permitted. So we hop on to the third topic of the day of the episode, which is uh, film and TV, second film and TV. Uh, segment of the of the episode and so I just want to say before I begin I have not seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood I am actually going to on Friday uh, with my pops shout out to pops and uh, yes I actually wanted to see it obviously beforehand before I read this article and before I talked about the film because obviously I haven't seen it so I can't really give too much of my opinion here because obviously I haven't seen it uh, but I wanted to talk about it regardless. Um, part one because it is my goat, it is my NBA goat, uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar talking about it, and I, it's just been a fascinating part of this film, a fascinating part of this uh, film's marketing and conversation, obviously in the in the social space, the portrayal of Bruce Lee, and uh, you know if you've seen the film, then you form you have probably formed your opinion on it. I obviously haven't to this point. But I still wanted to read this, uh, partly just because it was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and he's my goat, and he's the boy, and he's an absolutely great writer as well as, and a real, real smart person. And, you know, as the title says here, this is via The Hollywood Report by Kareem, uh, Bruce Lee was my friend, and Tarantino's movie disrespects him. So, you know, 
I'm if if for little backstory, and it'll probably in he will probably give um, a little backstory in the in the article itself. Uh, Kareem had a point where he was practicing martial arts during his NBA career. I think it was part be, uh, partly as a uh, as just a uh, you know training and uh, keeping fit uh, in a way, and he befriended Bruce Lee, and he was actually in a film with Bruce Lee where he fought Bruce Lee. So you know, not many people can say that I fought Bruce Lee in a film. That's that's a G, that's a G. I'd put that on my Twitter bio. <laughs> I fought Bruce Lee. <laughs> you know what I mean? So uh, they they are good. They were good friends, and uh, yeah. So that was just uh, that's just something that should be. Uh, they filmed the great Game of Death. If you have seen, if you have seen it, uh, released in nineteen seventy eight. So go look up that clip. It's a great. It's a great clip. Like Kareem's, you know, seven foot uh, one. I think so. This the height advantage is stupid, and it's. Like the, the legs when he goes out to kick is fucking metal. It's crazy. But anyway, <laughs> ga- uh, gassing over and free gas over. Let's get into the article itself. Uh, so uh, there's a little subheading. Uh, the NBA great and the Hollywood Report columnist, friend of late martial arts star, believes the filmmaker was sloppy, somewhat racist, and shirked, he, uh, shirked his responsibility to basic truth in Once Upon a Time Hollywood. So let's get into it. This is all by Kareem. Remember that time Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. kidney-punched a waiter for serving soggy croutons in his tomato soup? How about the Dalai Lama got wasted and spray-painted karma is a beach on the Tibetan ambassador's limo? Probably not, since they never happened. But they could happen if a filmmaker decides to write those scenes into his or her movie. And even though we know the movie is fiction, those scenes will live on in our shared cultural conscience as impressions of those real people thereby corrupting our memory of them built on their real-life actions. I can see totally where Kareem's going to go here, but let's get into it regardless. Uh, That's why filmmakers have a responsibility when playing with people's perceptions of admired historic people to maintain a basic truth about the content of their character. Quentin Tarantino's portrayal of Bruce Lee in Once Upon a Time Hollywood does not live up to this standard. Of course, Tarantino has the artistic right to portray Bruce in any way he wants. But to do so in such a sloppy and somewhat racist way is a failure failure both as an artist and as a human being. This controversy has left me torn. Tarantino is one of my favourite filmmakers because he is so bold, uncompromising and unpredictable. There's a giddy energy in his movies of someone who loves movies and wants you to love uh, love them too. I attend each Tarantino film as if it were an event knowing that his distillation of the 60s and 70s action movies will be much more entertaining than a simple homage. That's what make, but that's what makes Bruce Lee's scene, uh, the Bruce Lee scenes so disappointing, not so much on a factual basis, but as a lapse of cultural awareness. Bruce Lee was my friend and teacher. That doesn't give him a free pass for how he's portrayed in movies, but it does give me some insight into the man. I first met Bruce when I was a student at UCLA looking to continue my martial arts studies, which I started in New York City. We quickly developed a friendship as well as a student-teacher relationship. He taught me the discipline and spirituality of martial arts, which was greatly responsible for me being able to competitively uh, play competitively in the NBA for 20 years with very few injuries. During our years of friendship, he spoke passionately about how frustrated he was with the stereotypical representation of Asians in film and TV. Those the only roles were for in, uh, inscrutable villains or bowing servants. In Have Gun, Will Travel, Palad- uh, Paladin's faithful Chinese servant goes by the insulting name of Hey Boy, uh, brackets Cam Tong. 
He was replaced in season four by a female character referred as Hey Girl, Lisa Lou. So there's, there's probably the actors and actresses, I just realised. Hey boy and hey girl, well, just a pause. Really? Hey boy and hey girl? Jesus Christ. Asian men were portrayed as sexless accessories to a scene, while the women were subservient. This was how African-American men and women were generally portrayed until the advent of Sidney Poitier and exploitation films. Bruce was dedicated to changing the dismissive image of Asians through his acting, writing, and promotion of Jeet Kune Do, his interpretation of martial arts. That's why it disturbs me that Tarantino chose to portray Bruce in such a one-dimensional way. The John Wayne machismo attitude of Cliff, Brad Pitt, an ageing stuntman who defeats the arrogant uppity Chinese guy, harks back to the very stereotypes Bruce was trying to dismantle. Of course, the blonde white beefcake American can beat your fancy Asian chop socky uh, dude because that foreign crap doesn't fly here. I might even go along with the skewered version of Bruce if that wasn't the only significant scene with him. If we'd only seen a glimpse of his other traits, uh, of his struggle to be taken seriously in Hollywood. Alas, he was just another hey boy prop to the scene. The scene is complicated by being presented as a flashback, but in a way that could suggest the stuntman's memory is cartoonishly biased in his favour. Equally disturbing is the unresolved shadow that Cliff may have killed his wife with a spear gun because she nagged him. <clears throat> Excuse me. Classic Cliff. Is Cliff more heroic because he doesn't put up with the outspoken women? Uh, I was in public with Bruce several times when some random jerk would loudly challenge Bruce to a fight. He always politely declined and moved on. First rule of Bruce's fight club was don't fight unless there is no other option. He felt no need to prove himself. He knew who he was and that was the real fight. Uh, that w- that, And that the real fight wasn't on the mat. It was on screen in creating opportunities for Asians to see, to be seen as more than grinning stereotypes. Unfortunately, once upon a time, Hollywood prefers the good old ways. Uh, so that's it, and that's the whole that's the whole article. So there's a lot to pick apart here, and obviously there if you if you want to, and obviously I'm going via one point of view here, and just to say, uh, Quentin Tarantino has obviously made several responses there. Uh, as it pertains to it, and also responded to, I think, Bruce Lee's daughter? Don't quote me on that. I think it's his daughter. Uh, and they've gone on a back and forth as well. So there are plenty of other sides of this argument. But I just wanted to talk about, uh, talk about it from Kareem's point of view, uh, simply because, well, like I said, Kareem's a goat, <laughs> pretty, pretty simply. And I don't want to spend time looking at everybody's uh, everybody's point of view, so I don't really have the time for that. So if you want to, there are other sides to it, I will just say that. So if you want to go look at those other sides, please do. Obviously Tarantino has made his uh, piece on it, and he has explained. So if you want to go find that, go find that. And uh, round out your opinion, obviously, uh, via that. But this is something that, again... I've not seen the film, <clears throat> is something that is very on, it's, it's, a, it's a high wire act, it really is a high wire act, so what I'm gathering from this is that that particular scene was a flashback, okay, and when you have a flashback with someone that is, uh, with a character that is, um, uh, I guess, uh, wavery in the facts, and, you know, it's supposed to be presented as that, Clearly, Tarantino didn't do the best job of that, and that's on him to to not portray it specifically, explicitly, 
like it is a cartoon. But then again, he did. Tarantino did say in a quote somewhere uh, that Bruce Lee was an asshole. So clearly, he doesn't have the rev, uh, the rever. Uh, is it revelry? Is that the word? Like revered? Uh, he doesn't revere Bruce Lee as uh, as most people. <clears throat> With that said, uh, obviously he's trying to be very cheeky here. Clearly, but is clearly also touched some nerves. Um, I completely respect uh, Kareem's point, and I also respect Tarantino's point of view. A, as a filmmaker and as the creator of this particular film, he can do whatever he wants with it. But there does come a point where is a is cl- there is clearly some cultural a some cultural ins- insensitivity here. But also on the flip side, because of that, and because the film is set in the sixties, where there was a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of cultural ins- insensitivity and just open stereotyping and just general fuckery, racial fuckery going on, he wanted to portray that, and I guess in that way he portrayed it very well, but there also comes a point where you have to do it in a in a way, there is a way to do this, I can't figure an example right now in the top of my head, but there is a way to do this, and clearly Tarantino didn't do it in the best way, so I'll leave it at that, and hopefully next week I can, I'll, 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 talk about it just a little bit uh, as an update to just give you my opinion on it uh, once I see the film I did want to see it before I recorded this but obviously life got in the way and uh, yeah so I'll leave it there and uh, there's a lot of obviously points to talk about this but uh, I just don't want to give my straight up opinion just because I haven't seen it so I'll come back next week and I'll try and give a uh, my point of view to all of this because I really do want to talk about this in a in a in a local sense. So we get to the final topic of this episode, and it is the big topic in my mind. It is the topic in my mind at the moment, as it pertains to me. Uh, and what I see in the world, uh, and this is Jay-Z and the NFL, the, the whole deal between Jay-Z and the NFL. Um, I don't have much time, unfortunately, because it's uh, about I'm about 15, 50 minutes in. I don't want to go too much over an hour, as I like to, as 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 you guys know, I like to uh, keep it around an hour. But I really want to talk about this in depth. I really do. So apologies for the time. I hope you guys indulge me. Uh, so this particular article I'm going to read is by uh, Bomani Jones, one of my favourite uh, personalities uh, in terms of from a music standpoint and from a sports standpoint, and he's also a great writer as well when he actually uh, try when he actually sits down and gets into it. So this is uh, Bomani Jones by the Undefeated. It's called Jay goes Jay Z goes to the NFL. So for those that do, well, well we'll get into it regardless. So if you don't know, we'll, you'll get the story via this uh, via this article. So let's get into it. Welcome to this month in 2019, where Jay-Z looks more like a billionaire than ever. His company, Rock Nation, signed, uh, signed a deal with the NFL to produce uh, entertainment for art uh, events, including the Super Bowl halftime show, ensuring diverse acts for the show. Uh, this is an entertainment deal, uh, one that might get more progressive, uh, more progressive acts to feel better about performing NFL events, but Rock Nation will also amplify the league's Inspire Change initiative, which could... Uh, 
be roundly described as quote-unquote social justice stuff. He has, he has also supported Colin Kaepernick, who is, as you may have heard, still doesn't have a job, turned down an opportunity to perform at halftime... Uh, turned down an opportunity to perform at halftime of the Super Bowl and bragged about his defiance on uh, of the league on apeshit. Uh, August also saw Miami Dolphins owner Stephen Ross, the man behind the Ross Initiative in Sports for Equality, uh, rise, an organisation dedicated to fighting uh, racial discrimination in sports, holding a fundraiser for President Donald Trump at a moment when, he, uh, when the White House and white supremacy were inextricably linked. Ross supported his protesting players in 2016 uh, until he felt their demonstrations were offending the public, at which point he led the charge to get players to be called during the national anthem. He was a face of that request because of the goodwill he had built up as a known ally on the side of right. Jay-Z and Ross are trying to play both sides. Each wants the world to know he may be an apex predator capitalist, but beneath the cold cynicism that made each rich, there's a heart of gold, and he wants to fix the wrongs of the world. I mean, it's possible, that's true. Uh, but few become billionaires by being good. Helping uninvested parties isn't as lucrative as hurting them. Remember that while watching two men ostensibly trying to improve race relations in America via sports, but doing business with people many think, and in some cases know, are aligned on the opposite side of that fight, Notice that they're moving the same way. Both are billionaires before all. The NFL got into social justice business. Everything it gets into is business. In 2017, when it inspired the cha- it started inspire change with players uh, with the players coalition, which emerged in the aftermath of Kaepernick's 2016 protests. Uh, but no, but no nonprofit can succeed unless it's clear that those behind it care about its aims. And the NFL had done little to engender that trust. The NFL uses Ross and Jay-Z for credibility the league doesn't have. Rise also allow, uh, allows the league to show that one of its owners, uh, I'm not going to say I'm not gonna say it properly, swear faux god, swear before, you know, you know how, it's, think of it as a southern way of saying it, because obviously I don't have the droll for it, uh, really cares about this stuff. And Ross can serve the NFL's interest while seeming like a voice of reason because, his good, because of his good works. Uh, Charles Robertson of Yahoo Sports is correct in noting that Jay-Z serves perfectly as the figurehead. Bill's owner Terry Pagula thought the league needed to present itself to the public as dedicated to the matters that concern its players. Jay-Z is respected by black people and his voice is so big that no owner would ever need to speak on the matter again. People listen when billionaires talk and these guys can send the same message to different rooms. But what each has done with the NFL is to is work to effectively take the voices away from the players. On Tuesday, Jay-Z presented Inspire Change as a potential alternative to on-field demonstrations. I'll talk about that in after. Uh, Ross and his fellow owners must love that. On Wednesday, Jay said he supported the protest as long as it's effective, but gave no indication on how to measure of how to measure that. Bottom line is, if Jay and the league have their way, no one going ape shit on their watch um i will leave that there because it's a lengthy article and there's a few more paragraphs there but just to just to basically keep going uh to uh ride on the rest of it basically it's just to talk about how um you know the fact that they're billionaires and you know there's a there's clearly a disconnect here and there's also been a a parting here as well as it pertains to the culture, especially hip hop culture, 
there was a point where Freddie Gibbs actually posted a video uh, via social media going fuck Colin Kaepernick, and that's not what we're here for. That's not the point. That's that shouldn't that shouldn't be the point here. Um, the reason, just to say, the reason why Jay has come uh, has uh, been given such a uh, ha- such backlash. Uh, I think it's more to do with what he said during those particular press conferences, saying that but we don't need to kneel anymore, and the fact that he said we triggered a lot of people going, what do you mean we, when have you ever leaned? And you know, that's a worthy question to ask, when has he ever leaned? Um, but we need to understand, uh, Jay, is a, Jay is a money man first, let's be real. You you can't you can't quote Jay Z fucking constantly like you guys do, going with this with the most overused lyric in every tweet and in every uh, fucking uh, Instagram and Twitter bio. I'm not a businessman. I'm a business man. I fucking hate that verse uh, that lyric. It's, it's, it's the most overused fucking lyric of all time. But anyway, you can't quote Jay Z right for his shrewd business tactics. And clearly he was doing that before he did all this activism stuff. Let's say that. Let's just, you know, let's just get to that bit first. He was doing all this money stuff, doing the hustling, trying to become a billionaire before he did all this activism stuff. Let's be real. Let's stick it there. Let's stick that flag right in the ground, okay? He was the money. He was money before activism first. Now, with that said, he can also do activism as well, okay? And, you know, there aren't many, well... Well, firstly, there aren't many black potential billionaires in the world right now, especially in America. You know, there aren't many of them. And from what I know, some of them do, uh, some of them try to do the activism thing and try and, you know, help criminal justice reform. And some of them don't. It's up to them if they want to do it or not. It's up to you guys if you want to do it or not. If you want to, you know, preach about the Amazon rainforest being burnt to the fucking ground. It's up to you guys to talk about what you feel is important. That's partly why I have this podcast. This why, because sometimes I just feel some topics I feel are important to talk about, regardless if I feel comfortable about it or not. But as it pertains to this, there is a level of wait and see to this. There is a level of wait and see to this. Um, all we've been given, as it pertains to solid information, is that Jay and his uh, company, Rock Nation, is going to head up the uh, Super Bowl halftime show. So all we know for a fact is that the Super Bowl halftime show might be more lit now. And <clears throat> there, there are also a lot of people that have complained about this. You know, forming the divide between Kaepernick and Jay-Z. You can be both. And another th- important note, uh, thing to note here is that um, the, y- sometimes there needs to be a seat on the table. Sometimes we, you need uh, someone on the table to talk. There's no point talking about, you know, bitching about the NFL, right, like I do, but I'm doing it properly, and I'll explain how. I don't watch the NFL. I don't partake in the NFL in every any way. I haven't done so in about five years. But if you're an African-American and you bitch about the NFL, and you support Kaepernick in in anything he does, and you watch the NFL, there's a... Can, can you see the problem there? Can you see the problem there? Now, that's just because the NFL is clearly more cultural... Uh, no, not culturally, but... Um, 
well, more culturally ubiquitous. That is, that's my favourite word of the week, honestly. I'm using that a lot. I've been using that a lot this past uh, week or so. I, I love that word, ubiquity. Um, you know, it is. Uh, it's, it's the national pastime. It's when all the Americans sit down on Sunday, excuse me, and they watch football. They watch American football. It's just how it is. Um, if you want to boycott that, and some have to the to their credit, but I don't believe most of you have. So to bitch at Jay Z for you know trying to get his money. This is basically what it is. Let's be real. This is a get money. This is a get money operation first. This is a get money operation first. To say that there's a point to say that this is all about social justice and criminal justice reform and whatever uh, you, uh, the uh, the activism side that Jay Z wants to take here, the angle he wants to take here, we can't we can't say it for sure. Regardless if you're a Jay Z fan or not, and I'm seeing a lot of Jay Z fans caping up for him when we can't make a decision on this yet. We cannot simply because we haven't been getting, given any details as to how he is going to help the NFL and via that um, via that space um, social justice and you know being culturally aware, helping the NFL be culturally aware of the shit they do, none of it's happened yet. So regardless on what side you're on, um, you can't really, you can't hold, you can't put your flag down yet. Because this is a still, this is still fluid. You know, JC has said what he wants to do, but we can't, we can't take his word for it unless it's in lockdown press release you know, this is going to happen, this is the plan, that hasn't happened yet, so regardless of what you think, regardless if you're trying to do the dumb thing and split Colin Kaepernick and Jay-Z and and form a divide between, between the two, and then everyone's picking sides, that's not the right thing to do, that really isn't the right thing to do, um, there have been a lot of articles shitting on Jay-Z, um, shout out to Jamel Hill who uh, wrote a piece on it in the Atlantic, and I found I found while a valid opinion, um, a bit brash and a bit ahead of ahead of yourself. Basically, this is all it is. He he's what we know is that he made a millionaire move first. That's it, and it's completely on brand with Jay Z. So if you're like, oh, he he made a deal with the NFL. He's just a money man. Oh, oh my God! When when did he become this such a crude capitalist? Hello, how do you think he's gotten here? <laughs> you know what I mean? He's made money moves for thirty years. Okay, nearly thirty years. How long has he been on? About thirty, three decades anyway. So, you know, you can't be surprised about this. You cannot be surprised that a it's a money move. If he wants to do the social justice thing. By all means, do it, okay? But regardless of that, it hasn't been said yet. So I can't say for sure, and I don't think anybody could say for sure, whether to say fuck Jay-Z on this. If he does it purely for the money, and in two years there's been no change to the NFL, then by all means, say fuck Jay-Z, because he said he'd do it, and he hasn't done it. But we haven't reached that point yet. We need to let it breathe, and we need to let something happen. You know, we can't let just a couple of uh, press conferences get you triggered. 
even though it probably could have, uh, should have, because, um, you know, saying we don't need to kneel anymore. This is not a we thing, Jay, just to say. This is not a we thing. This is a you thing. Until you make it a we thing. At this point, it is a you thing. And I can't, and I can't, you know, I can't complain about you get trying to get money. It's a bit, this, it's a bit eh, iffy looking at it because it's the NFL and fuck the NFL in my mind. But I can't hate on a dude trying to get money. I really can't. America's a capitalist society. That's how that's how it works. Over money, over everything. Let's be real. Shout out P money. So uh, yeah, you can't form your opinion just just quite yet. But anyway, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for indulging me on that one. Uh, I know that was a bit uh, herky jerky. Um, I just want, but I just wanted to get my overall opinions out. Uh, so there must have. Uh, I know there was uh, some repeating of uh, repeating of sentences there. But anyway, thank you for indulging me. If you have any thoughts on that, uh, as a as a Jay Z stan, um, let me know. Hit me up and argue with me if you want. Um, I don't really have anything to argue about. You know, I've, I've kind of just. I'm kind of just look. I'm I'm kind of sitting on the fence to be honest. You know, in the whole thing. But uh, we shall see. We shall see how it goes. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, this has been what's good. I uh, hope you've enjoyed this episode. Um, I've enjoyed this one. Uh, it's actually kept me, you know, uh, before the before the episode, my eyes were blazing. Oh god, I woke up with such dead eyes. I, I was like, I'm, I'm squinting my eyes at the moment. I'm like, Ugh. I needed to wash them constantly. It was just, ugh. I just felt so irritated. But I feel good now. It's good. I got my energy up now that I've talked for an. <laughs> for an hour uh it's, it's got my energy up so uh i'm ready to go but anyway ladies and gentlemen from the fifth Element podcast network i've been charlie taylor and this has been what's good thank you so much for listening keep supporting uh v- music is too much intro music is too much fight by, by vanilla interlude music is vista by poldor be sure to hit up their music via Bandcamp. the link is below there and shout out to chill hop music and chill hop records for the ability to use their music uh, you can find everything Chill Hop Records uh, below in the link via Bandcamp. So, until the, until the next time, till next week, have a good week, everybody. I'll try and do the same. And until the next time, take it easy, ladies and gentlemen.